With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome along to uh, Love Pod episode forty-three. That's forty-three episodes of us talking absolute depressive horribleness about Bolton Wanderers. Um, tonight, you'll notice I'm not Chris. I am Rob. Um, Chris is away today, so I've stepped in this place, um, picking up the hosting role. And tonight, I'm joined by Johnny, Matt, and Tom. How you doing? How you doing, there, lad? You're good. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, well, well, thanks. Matt, you there as well? Yeah, I'm here. Can you complain? Can you complain? Are you alright? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Had a day off from football yesterday, so uh, came home to the nice news that we'd been hammered 3-0. But uh, we'll move on to that in a bit. Um, and Tom, how you doing? Not too bad, mate. Not not too bad at all. Good stuff. Okay, so um, we're going to start off tonight by having a quick chat about two matches we've had this week. Um, we've had two away matches, and surprise, surprise, we've had two away defeats. Um, we haven't won on the road since the 6th of April now, so it's getting on for, what, 10 months without an away win, which is not very good at all. Um, so the first game was on Tuesday night against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we lost 3-2. And by all accounts, we actually played all right. Um, I don't think any of us were there, but um, anyone had a chance to have a look at the game and any thoughts on how we played, Johnny? I mean, by the looks of it, we did all right, and yeah. I mean... There was a lot of positives online and just in the in the post-match stuff to take away from the game. Obviously, we just cannot seem to get in front in games and then hold the lead or when we come back, we just can't even seem to kind of see the game out for a point. Like a nil-nil or um, a draw away from home would have, been, would have been spot on, really. At least it's something to build on. Yeah. But they're just... They just haven't got it in them. I think no. they're, they're just frightened of going anywhere other than Bolton. <laughs> they're not great at Bolton either. But um, uh, but I thought I thought the main difference in that game was Gary Hooper. I thought he played really well and he's a he showed he's a top striker and he scored again yesterday, didn't he? But um, scored a brace. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, but they're paying him what forty five grand or, or however much they're paying him. But they're paying him a lot of money either way, which we can't afford. So that was the difference, really. Um. Mm. Tom, did you see the Sheffield Wednesday game? Uh, only the highlights. Um, I flirted with the idea of going to the game on, on the day of it um, and then thought better of it. But it sounded like it was it was a decent game. The highlights looked as if we were involved. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it? Go away from home, score two goals and come away with nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there are positives to take from that one, but at the end of the day, we, nothing gained from it. No. How about you, Matt? Did you manage to catch any of it? No, I didn't see any of it. I didn't actually even see any of the highlights, but I've heard everyone <laughs> sort of say it's, uh, we played well and sort of things. I think it's kind of annoying that it was Hooper that scored two because it was him that led into 
said he was going after when he first came in the club, didn't he? And it was, uh, yeah, just one of those sort of things that if we had the cash, what might have been. But, yeah, I suppose you get used to those sort of stories, don't you? You do, yeah. Oh, I love how Matt's just literally relied on word of mouth now. He's not even asked about anything <laughs> other than word of mouth. Right? I realised I was going to do my time at Forest, so I thought, yeah, I'm not going to have two upsets in one week. So. <laughs> I think one of the main positives from that game was Gary Medine. He's actually had quite a good match. Um, either of you guys think that he's actually starting to come good for Bolton? And or do we actually have a good striker on our hands? Or is it just a one-off? No. no. <laughs> I like Gary Medine. Stop laughing, Tom. I like Gary Medine. I, I quite like him. Whenever I've seen him, he's actually played all right. Um, I, I genuinely thought you were joking when you asked that question. Oh, no. I think. <laughs> I was being slightly ironic, but like whenever I've seen him, like against Derby, and I think it, no, he didn't play against Charlton, did he? But whenever I've seen him play, he's been all right. Um, it's not yeah, a case of coming good, is it? It's a case of as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's saying like, "Oh, Medine, uh, he played so well." It's because it's against his former club, blah blah blah. But I think that's a lot of shit because. We played, I'm looking at the results here, we played Sheffield Wednesday uh, the Tuesday after the Saturday we beat Wolves at home in September. And I can remember saying um, to the guys I got to the game with that I think Medin could do really well against his former club at home. He should want to score goals. And he was shit. We drew nil-nil. So, uh, this is a lot of shit. It is a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, But having said that, I do think... He would be a lot better if he had better players um, to give him slightly more service. I know Tom's going to disagree with everything I've just said. <laughs> well, I think you're right. I think we did give him decent service. He would score goals. But um, there is no service, is there? I mean, you can't really rely on Feeney um, to get a decent cross in. And Wellington's not really doing it either at the moment. So there's only so much he can do playing up front on his own, I think. Didn't he have a... Michael Antonio at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, did he? He might have done that. He, he, he probably no, had Jermaine Johnson as well, and we all know he was a magician. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. that's... No, he, I don't think it's a matter of service. I think sometimes you can say that about players um, when they're, when they're at a, a club that, that's struggling. You can say, oh, if, they, if they're in a better team. I mean, like a Vela or a Clough, absolutely. But I think Gary Medine is, is our level. Um Let's put it this way. If we go down, I don't see him leaving. I think he'll be playing for us in League One next season. I think he'll rip it up in League One. He absolutely smashed it when he played uh, when he played for... He used to bang him in, didn't he? Like, never Sheffield Wednesday, in League One. According to yeah. Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh, so I'm going to look at now. I'm going to look at his... Sheffield Wednesday... Was it Carlisle when he had his tag? Because <laughs> he... he... <laughs> Yeah. He had a tag and he couldn't, he couldn't go to away games or something like that. <laughs> maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just spreading rumours about him now. <laughs> maybe. Surely there's some sort... There's nothing... On, oh, here we go. Criminal convictions. Convicted <laughs> of several assaults. Chat shit, get banged by Gary Medine. <laughs> 2010, he's found guilty of causing actual bodily harm after attacking a man in a pub and sending him to community service involving 250 hours of unpaid work. He can yeah. do that at Wanderers if he wants. Yeah, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't show much aggression on the pitch, does he? So, 
he was also ordered to pay £1,500 compensation to his victim and £1,800 in costs Jeez. in October 2013. He was jailed for 18 months after being found guilty of causing actual bodily harm and grievous bodily harm in wow. two separate attacks. <laughs> Medine was released from jail on the 20th of February 2014 after serving five months of his 18-month sentence. What? Wow. So he, 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 he was not long out of prison when he signed for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that shows... Uh... There's a certain photo on Twitter which uh, attests to his behaviour off the pitch. I think. <laughs> yeah, if anybody would like to see anybody would like to see that that photo, head over to my Twitter now at Johnny Eckersley, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from Sheffield Wednesday, which we actually played quite well, um, a match in which we apparently did not play very well at all. Um, well, just before you move on, Rob, we've actually yeah. scored two, two goals in that game away from home, which is really good. Like, I think the only time we've scored more than one away from home this season is at QPR. And yeah. both both goals were accidents. Like, Medine scored without even meaning to. Oh, that's harsh. Uh, and then David Wheater's header, it was one of the worst <laughs> free kicks I've ever seen Liam Feeney take. And somehow, it ended up in the back. Uh, like, I just don't understand how when we try and score, we can't. And then when we don't mean to score, we actually manage to. That's true. There's another thing I wanted to pick up in that match, actually. We had two free kicks in the first half. I think it's the first half. On the edge of the D. And both of them, Lee and Feeney hit. One went miles over. And one went straight into the wall, which is predictable. Well, I, I just want to know, why are we taking? Why are we letting Liam Feeney take free kicks? And who should be taking free kicks, do you think? Um, I think it's another, another I, yeah, I can't let Chica Sado back on, even if it's like not necessarily a left back. I think he could do a job off of left wing and stick uh, Wellington out on the right. I don't know why we put him Wellington on the left when he's a right foot player. True. But oh, I mean, Casado, I, I, I only saw him a couple of games, but I remember him having a really, really decent delivery on him. Yeah, him and both him and Moxie have got good left pegs. Yeah. I think. <laughs> The only reason we play Wellington on the left is so we can cut inside and run at defenders. Um, which it's not working, is it? <laughs> no, it's not at all. So, yeah, potentially switch him and I don't know what we do with Feeney. Drop him. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know whether I've, I'd want him on the left. He's just... Yeah, Liam Feeney's a whole whole different kettle of fish. We could have a full podcast on Liam Feeney, actually. <laughs> but I think we better save that till Chris is here because I know he loves him. He does, yeah. I'd like to... Uh... Hear Chris's thoughts on how great Liam Feeney is. Um, any other thoughts on Wednesday, guys? Um, no, no, let's, move, on, let's so, move yeah. on to the good stuff. Yeah, so a really positive performance yesterday at Forest. 3-0 to uh, our former great manager, Dougie Friedman. Um, I know, Matt, you were at the game yesterday. So, yeah. kicking off, it would be great to get your thoughts on how we did. Well, I'm not going to lie, it was pretty shit, uh, you know, in short. But, I mean, the game, the game was over in like 12 minutes. I think it was 12 minutes that Ben Amos got sent off. But it was like, the defence was a shambles for a start. I mean, they just sort of let him walk right through him. And it was, I think Amos has to take a bit of blame as well, because he just hesitated coming out. And he could have had the ball with his feet quite easily, but he sort of decided to sort of hesitate a bit. I don't blame him because when you've got, you know, Dorian DeVete in front of you, you're going to hesitate a bit, aren't you? True. And, uh, yeah, well, from that point on, we were just pretty much under siege. I mean, it was absolutely complete and utter crap. Uh, we had, like, one good passage of passing when we sort of took a bit of delight, delight in that. But apart from that, one shot on target, lovely, you know. 
it was just complete crap. And it was just, yeah. I, I can't sum up any more words. That's probably fair. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the highlights today, and the first goal was just terrible defending to let them to let Ward just walk through it, basically. <laughs> but then, Ramos, Amos's red card, does anyone think is a bit dubious, or is it clear-cut? Amos seems to think that it wasn't. Um, yeah. He was very keen to, to say Sir Effie hadn't made any contact, but, I mean, his, his hand was forced. I mean, Wheater is two seconds off the game. It's as if there was like a lag in yeah. between what was happening and it registering in Wheater's brain because he stepped up two seconds too late. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so and I tell you what, like, you know, if, if that was Davit, you'd, you'd still be hearing about it now. Um, and I know Wheater's not made very many mistakes for us, but that was a shambles from David Wheater for that first goal. Yeah, it was criminal. He, if anything, he he played a part. He was the sort of instrumental part that got Amos sent off, really. It's just... He should have just stayed where he was. I don't understand why he did that. He, he did. He did do a defeat. Being so he's attractive. Realised he's played him. He's playing him on, but then he's he's moved to step up about two seconds after the ball's been played. I, I, just just a bit of a rush of blood, but I don't know. I just thought when I, when I, when I saw it, I thought, thank God that's not defeat because if it was defeat, you'd, you'd still be hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, true. I want some. Yeah. But I think the, all the defending for all three goals was pretty dire, wasn't it? I mean, the first one, they just let Ward walk through. Um, the second one, Ward just walks past Holding and knocks a cross in, and Moxie doesn't bother to jump. And that, that yeah, that that was awful. That was awful. That really was. He just Moxie, he just didn't look aware of who was behind him. No. Um, he didn't, like you say, he didn't even jump or anything. So how how he can be expected to defend as a fullback like that? I mean, when the when the ball goes over you, if you're centre half and the ball goes over your head, you're expecting to get either get a shout from your fullback or just to know that they're there, ready to either knock it out or play for a corner or just deal with it. And he just didn't. He just got caught ball watching. Yeah. Um, and the third goal. Have you seen? Have you seen the third goal where Prattley um, does an impression of Bambi on the edge of their box and they break? Oh the God! It's so, so bad. So bad. But Dan's Dan's was on and he looked from the. The, the one glimmer of hope from us conceding that third goal is um, Dan's. He passes the, he's driving forward, he passes the ball to Prattley, who then loses it. Yeah. And then they break really quickly. And I'm just getting used to seeing the back of Dorian Devitt's shirt now when I watch the highlights because he, <laughs> he, he always steps up so quickly. And then he, you see him in the foreground of the shot whilst the play's going on because he's been fucking done yeah. stepping out. He, he does my head in. It's just basic defending. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not very good defensively, are they? Um, I think one positive that came from yesterday apparently was um, Paul Rachubka. Apparently, he came in. From what I can understand, he made six or seven decent saves, about four of them from Jamie Ward. Apparently, but um, do we think he could challenge Amos? I mean, Amos has made a few mistakes recently, so is there a chance there for Rachubka? What do you think, uh, Matt? He definitely was impressive. Like, he, he, I mean, there's a couple in there that I thought, bloody hell, I mean, because I had met a friend who was a Leeds fan and he, he could not have said anything worse about Paul Rechuk. Yeah, when we signed him, I, I got like about five texts, just laugh, like laughing emojis. And it was, uh, when I saw him coming on, I thought, oh, yeah, what's going to happen here? You know, going to be an absolute route. Quite impressive. You know, uh, I, I can't see him challenging anymore, though, because... I don't. I think it's maybe a one-off. You know, there's a reason why he's played like ten games in his old career or whatever. I mean, it was yeah. Okay. 
I just think maybe got a bit of a rush of adrenaline, which made him like somewhat normal keeper standard, and we'll probably see the normal Paul Rodriguez next week, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think any, I personally, I don't think Amos should be getting dropped at any point soon. But um, I think he, he does need competition, though. Yeah, um, I was talking to one of my mates about this the other day, and he was he was just saying we need to get someone in, whether it's kind of not necessarily dropping Amos, but just make it more competitive because he's, like you said um, just a minute ago, Rob, he's made a few mistakes recently, but is that down to complacency or is it down to confidence? Or uh, I don't know, really. I mean, what do you reckon, Tom? I feel like you might have a, a good a good take on this. Um, I mean, he's not going to be filled with confidence, is he? I mean, if you think about the amount of times he's picked the ball out of, out of his own net and the the four that was put in front of him, so his confidence is definitely going to be low. But then, I think maybe you're right with complacency as well, because like you said, there's, there's not much competition for his for his place. Um, how long is his contract? Do we know? Twenty nineteen. Right. Okay. Just um, three years in it. Yeah. Oh, four years. Well, three no, more four, seasons. Four, yeah. Yeah, four years when he signed. He signed a four-year deal on it because he signed in the summer. Hmm. I, I I don't know whether or not he might be one that is the target of another club. Um, Do you think, like, like, he, but then, then again, why, why not? Why not go after him? I know, he'll be on big wages, but why not go after him when he's at United and he's not playing much? Like why? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a bit. Well, 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 True, um, but he's probably been one of our best players this year, hasn't he? So um, yeah, yeah. any talk of him being replaced is nonsense. Um, one of the negatives to come out of yesterday as well is David Wheater, despite not having the best of games yesterday, um, being out for six weeks now. Um, so he's likely to miss what I don't know, six, seven, eight matches probably. Um, what, what are our thoughts on losing Wheater and who's going to replace him? Because I think is Prince not injured as well? Cause he wasn't in the squad yeah. yesterday. Prince is out. I'll tell you. I'll tell you now before we decide on this what games he's going to miss. So obviously, he'll miss a cut replay. We'll miss MK Dons at home. Um, he'll miss Wolves away. He'll miss Rotherham at home. He'll miss Brighton away. He'll miss QPR at home. He'll miss Birmingham away. He'll miss Burnley at home. Um, now we're into March. So let's say he makes his comeback in the middle of March, he'll miss Leeds away and Ipswich at home and could return on the 12th of March for the home game against Preston. So there's some fucking tough games in there. <laughs> yeah, we could be relegated <laughs> by then. We could be relegated by then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not ideal. Um, who, so who do, we, who do we reckon will come in? Well, he made some really strange comment about Derek yesterday as well, didn't he? Neil Lennon. What was it? He's not not feeling himself or something. He's off the boil, I think. The word, off the but... boil, some sort of nonsense. <laughs> I wonder whether he's one of the inconsistent players. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. We're running out of players, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what are we can. Uh, who's who's that? Um, the the young lad. Quaid Taylor. Quaid Taylor. That's it. Yeah, he, he might get a run out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll come on to the cup match later on, but surely not. That's an opportunity for Quaid Taylor to come in and have a game. See how he or, does. What he could do is play one of his three right-backs and play Rob Holden <laughs> in his natural position. That's what I was going to suggest. Well, yeah. That would be, be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That would be mental, playing actual right-back at right-back. No. You just want Laurie Wilson back, Tom. This is all, <laughs> this is all leading up to your weekly section of Laurie Wilson, isn't it? <laughs> I'll carry him back if I have to. <laughs> Where is Pisano, though? Like, I, I mean, he's don't... not even travelling with the squad anymore, is he? He's not in that released squad list on no. Facebook. Was um was Derek on the bench yesterday? No, no. So we got Derek and Pizzano, who've both been brought in in the summer, on I imagine fairly decent wages, and he's not even picking them in the squad. Just doesn't make any sense, does it? There's also two players that we can put in the shop window as well. True. And let's let's be honest, that has to be at the back of our minds. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, we're relegated. We are down. Whatever happens, like the Bolton Wanderers will not be playing in the Championship next season. It's as simple as that. So, from a cynical point of view, Derek, ex Real Madrid, Pisano, I'm sure there's Italian interest in him. The more you play them, the more chance there is of somebody having a look and and making an offer. Freezing them out, they're, they're going to do nothing. It's going to be another meadow situation. True. They looked mm. fairly decent, I thought, as well. Like, I thought Derek looked really good because uh, I saw him at Wolves. And there was Prince and Derek at the back, and they were actually outstanding that game. Yeah. And Pisano, didn't he have a cup game he came in in or something like that? Or was it a pre-season, I'm thinking of? He threw Pisano well, in against um, QPR, was it, his debut? He played he against... right, didn't he? Or was it Burnley? Burnley and QPR he played against. His first game was Brighton at home. Oh, was it Brighton, was it? Yeah. And then he well, played... his first home game anyway, should I say. Yeah. Well, I think he's only played those two games, hasn't he? Like, he played, or maybe later on, I'm not sure. But I remember him playing Brighton and QPR and thinking that's really harsh on the lad because it's a bit of a baptism, a baptism of fire, isn't it? It's then being instantly dropped. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's obviously something wrong there with both of them, both him and Derek, with them not to be getting picked. But um... I'm going to get our squad list up. Honestly, you could, you could potentially fit into I mean, the team. The young kid Finney also came in at the start of the year as well. I think he was actually over Quay Taylor in the pecking order. Mm. But, I've only um, seen him a couple of times and he looks he looks quite good. Mm, he does look is, it, is it Alex? Alex Finney. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. was it Quay Taylor who played the last game of last season? Yeah. yeah. And he he actually played quite well, didn't he? Um so I'd like to see him given a shot, if he can. But um yeah, I think I'd probably put Holding into the middle and see what he can do there, personally. Even shout. Um, I mean, I'd like to see Derek back, because I just think he's absolute waste at the moment. And I, I, like I said, I don't think... I mean, the, the bad games I can remember him having were at right-back, which he's not a right-back anyway, so... True. Yeah. Is, yeah, is, that, right. is that a centre-half playing at right-back, man? <laughs> <laughs> Shocker, I know, but you know we need we need to come up with a list. I'd actually forgotten that he played Derek at right back. You just add in more ammunition for me. He, why? I just don't understand. I will never understand why he plays these people out of position. I just genuinely will never get it. No, I don't get it. Do how many how many people have played at right back this season? So it's been Vela, Pizarro, Derek. 
Devit, Derek. Yeah. Did Wheater do a shift at middle? Yeah, I think that, yeah. Was that a back five? It was a back five, but, well, kind Prince, of. Prince went in at right back against QPR. Pizzano, Wilson. <laughs> Dan's was there like yesterday as a sub. Yeah. Feeney, Vela. <laughs> it's, 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 about half, it's about half of our squad. It's just fucking joke. <laughs> ben, Amos, ben Amos will do a stint there when he comes back from this suspension. <laughs> Everyone except Wilson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to read out now. I'm on the club side. So the players that we've got who we just wasted at the moment. So Pizzano, Twardzik. Um, when you say wasted and then fill it towards it, Johnny, it makes me yeah. question your mental health. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, who, like, what's the point in signing them or having them in yeah. the squad if they're never going to play, especially when we're so thin on the ground in certain positions? Surely there's stuff we could do. So, yeah, Pizzano towards it. Uh, Kane Woolery, I think he's played two games. Well, made appearances in two games. Tom Eaves, Quade Taylor. Tom Walker, what's he got to do to get a game? Yeah. Um, Niall Maher. Like, where does he, what position does he even play? He's a centre midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, he sent him to Blackpool. He's on the website as a defender, so even the club don't know where he plays. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's about it, really. But there's, like, that's, like, why is Trotter playing as well? I don't understand no. how he's come back. Like, what, why? Why loan him out and then play when he comes back? He surely just shouldn't have loaned him out. I watched Trotty just... yesterday, Matt. Did he... Was he crap or? I quite liked him actually yesterday. I think he, I think a lot of fans sort of let their opinion of him get in the way of what his actual performances are. I'm mean, doing me wrong. He lost the ball a couple of times in very stupid positions, and he was as lazy as he ever is. But he's actually really, really good in possession. Like he, he can control the ball quite well. You know, he's sort of quite happy to dance around with a few players around him, and he sort of. He definitely started a couple of drives upfield on the rare occasions we did that. And he, he looks better than Prattley right now, and he's definitely looked better than Dan. So I, I don't see any problem with him starting you know, from, from now on, really. you know, he, he looks better than the rest of them. I think anything's better than Darren Prattley at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, um, quite probably. <laughs> I think what, you, what you're saying there, Matt, is that uh, Liam Trout is good. So uh, I'm, I'm off, lads. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Continue this podcast as a trio. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on the Forest game or how we can win away generally, actually? Any thoughts on how we can win a ma- away match? Can I bring up Matt Mills's behaviour in, yeah. the, in the press box or the commentary at the end? Um, when he was asked to comment on Bolton and he said, I have no comments to make about Bolton Wanderers. And that was it. And Who said that? Uh, Matt Mills. Really? Yeah. That's okay. interesting. Um, it was, came out on Twitter yesterday that he was asked a question about Bolton Wanderers' current situation. He said, I have no comment to make about Bolton Wanderers. And then that was that. Off he went. Yeah. Which, and then also, he sprinted about 50 yards to celebrate the uh, the second goal as well. <laughs> he was one of the, So he, I think he enjoyed himself yesterday. Yeah. What a wanker. Yeah. That's strange, that, isn't it? That is Maybe odd. he really didn't like being played as a striker. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find it now, Tom. Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? I mean... Oh, yeah. It's pretty, oh, yeah. It's pretty good that he doesn't want to come out in bad mavers, but... um. No, he just said, 
Uh, can we get some thoughts on Bolton's current situation? Matt Mills, I have no thoughts. I'm a Nottingham Forest player now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair enough, don't you? I think I mean, it's, uh, he didn't he didn't Freeman paid lip service to us, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, that's a bit twatty. There's no need for that. Why not just say it's unfortunate and get on with it? Like, mm. True. I really liked him, Matt Mills. No, I didn't. His diving the balls really pissed me off. <laughs> I liked him when he scored at Chelsea. <laughs> that was awesome. But um, apart from that, no, very good defender, very good centre half. Just, it just he's another example of what Bolton Wanderers Football Club does to football players, <laughs> and they just become a shell of themselves. Mm. Uh, exhibit B is Benicophobia. What on earth is happening there? <laughs> yeah. oh. He scored a Premier League goal yesterday with his first touch, wasn't it? Was it? <sighs> yeah, he came on, scored his scored his first Premier League goal with his first touch, and he's and he's on his debut. What a player! <laughs> oh man he was so bad for us so so bad it's what we do to people yeah anyway anyway um, any other thoughts on Forrest or how to win a away a comment that Kane Woolery looked really really good when he came yeah. on be a couple oh, of let's fucking start him then what's the <laughs> problem yeah he's right back very what is Woolery's position? Is he a winger? He's a forward, centre forward. Is he? Well, I say centre forward, he's a, a striker. He's yeah. a striker turn winger, I think, really. No. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, you look, I mean, it's weird, like, Lennon seems to have turned into Dougie Freeman all of a sudden. He's freezing players out, he's stopped playing youth, you know, it's just a bit confusing. But yeah. he looked really proper good when he came on. He beat a couple of men, probably should have just whipped it in, but... By that point, we'd already lost because it was the 89th minute. But... We did this against Wednesday as well, didn't he? He brought him on in literally the last minute, I think. And yeah. apparently he looked bright then as well. But um, you'd think he's got to start, um, if not in the week, then against MK Dons, I would imagine. You know, so. just, just, I'm just going to read it out of clear, loan watch. You know, the, the loan watch that they do. Yeah. Um. So the players that we got out on loan, Rob Hall completed 87 minutes for MK Dons. Um, they won 1-0, but he played no part in the goal because he scored in the very last minute, didn't he? Oh, no, that was Bristol. That was Bristol. Um, Hayden White completed 90 minutes for Blackpool. Uh, Laurie Wilson, sorry, Tom, completed 74 minutes as Peter Bedrew 0-0. Um, Oscar Threlko came on as a 78, uh, 78th minute substitute for Plymouth um, I've seen loads of Plymouth fans on Twitter saying they want to keep him mm. saying he's really good So, but what I'm getting at here is there's players there who mm. I believe would want to come back to the club and, and play um, yeah. more more than like I think Rob Hall could offer us something I think, I think so too he's, think... he's got to be a better option than Liam Feeney hasn't he Rob Hall what, what yeah, you got best winger, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hall and Wellington or Hall and Woolery. Yeah. Like, I we just can't thought... afford to pay, can we? Because don't we have to pay West Ham like every time he plays, you have to pay him like 20 grand or something like that? <laughs> no way. I swear, like, I swear that was a result of this tribunal that every time he plays, we've got to give him a fee or something like that for his first 40 games or something like that. That's vaguely a rumour, that being a rumour. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. 
But I think when I think I saw Threlkeld play last season, and he looked quite good. And then they, this season they've frozen him out. Same with Tom Walker last season. He was, he was our best player for the last ten games of the season. Mm. And suddenly this year he's been frozen out as well. And oh god, you're right. You know he had right. he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of progress to make. Tom Walker, but mm. he's got a really good left foot. Yeah, and it's one thing that we we are missing at the minute. It's it's wingers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's got to do to get a game again. Like I say, he's just been sort of frozen out a little bit. Um, right. If you would like to hear the severance package for West Ham, uh, Rob Paul, the compensation package. So, an independent tribunal has ruled that Bolton Wanderers must pay West Ham United an initial sum of four hundred fifty thousand pounds with the following <laughs> with the following further additions. Two hundred fifty grand if Bolton are promoted to the Premier League in the <laughs> next three seasons. <laughs> two two thousand five hundred pounds per appearance for the first one hundred appearances for Bolton in the Championship, or ten thousand pounds per appearance for the first hundred appearances for Bolton if in the Premier League. Who, who drew up that contract? Twenty percent of any profit made by Bolton Wanderers in selling the player to another club at any point in the future. West Ham would like to thank Rob for his efforts during his time with the club and wish him well in his future career. I fucking bet they do. Them. He's paying for their Christmas parties for the next ten years. Jesus. So, so he's, that whole transfer is worth about a million pounds, isn't it? Mm. That's crazy. Well, How much per appearance in League One? Didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's all part of. That's Maybe that's what we're trying to do. Own, yeah. We're trying. We're trying to get relegated, so Rob Hall can lead us to glory. Yeah, so we can build a team around Rob Hall. Yeah, oh. that was Dougie's master plan all along. <laughs> we, we cracked it, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on Forest, or should we leave that there? No, I think that's that's it for me. Okay. Cool. All right, uh, we'll be back in a few minutes with um, a look at our ongoing transfer saga. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome back to uh, Love Pod 43. Um, I'm still here. I'm Rob. I'm with Johnny, Matt and Tom. Um, next up, we're going to have a quick chat about Bolton's ongoing transfer saga. Obviously, we're under a transfer embargo, so we're not buying anyone. Um, but apparently there's a few players who've been linked to moves away and have, for whatever reason, decided to stay, or not decided to stay, but have been forced to stay. Um, first one is Mark Davis. Um, so obviously he's linked with a move to Sheffield Wednesday last week. And at the same time as we were playing them, it emerged that his deal has apparently collapsed for whatever reason. And Neil Lannan has come out and basically slagged off Sheffield Wednesday for the way they dealt with it. Um Anyone got any of you guys got any uh, thoughts on what happened or why Davis may not be moving to Wednesday or any inside knowledge on uh, why the deal's broken down? Johnny, do you know anything about this? Or oh, your guess is as good as mine, here, mate. I mean, I'm I'm just reading up now, like reading a few articles about it, and it's just all very, it's all very weird. Like Sheffield Wednesday saying they opted out of the deal on medical grounds, even though he's not been for a medical. And they've got no access to his medical records, so essentially they've just lied. Um, I just don't understand. I don't understand how we've we've employed somebody to negotiate transfer deals like this, and then the first at the first time of asking, both deals fall through. Yeah. Like, what is the point in Terry Robinson being at the club to sell players if we can't sell players? 
makes his whole life in football pointless. I just don't. I just don't understand. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they brought this guy in. I don't really understand what his role is. Whether he's just there to literally accept any bid, or is he there to get a good deal for us? Because I he's mean, supposed to be getting as much money as possible. He's, he's yeah. there to negotiate and make sure we. If we're selling our prized assets, your Clough, your Bellas, your Max Clayton's, all that, well, he's not going anywhere when he's injured, but you know what I mean? If we're selling all these players, he's trying to get as much money as he can for, for the club, really. But, I mean, first of all, the fee that we were selling Matt Davis for was way too low. Yeah. And then the, the the deal doesn't even go through. And I just don't understand. Like, what are, what are we doing with negotiations like should we do it I think we probably should we probably should yeah. the four of us yeah I think I could negotiate better like, I just don't yeah. understand like and it's it just brings us back to the the old complaints that most fans have about the transparency and the communication at the club and I know it's tough in such a sensitive time but it would be nice to know what the bloody hell is going on especially if we're not at fault yeah as the club like we, we should be trying to out the other club and say like this is this is kind of shit on Sheffield Wednesday's part however yeah, absolutely. I mean, it looks bad on Sheffield Wednesday, it looks bad on Bolton, but then does it also look bad on Mark Davis, Tom? What do you think? I do, well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far because my own might not not be accurate, but as far as I know it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it, we went from receiving a fee um, for Mark Davis uh, and getting him off the wage bill to then having to agree a severance package with him, which should have ended up costing the club money for him to leave. Um, and in that case, um, we probably are better hanging on and waiting for um, maybe something more productive for us. Um, in terms of how it reflects on him, uh, it's I, I'm going to find it difficult to criticise him because he stuck by us when we went down, when he probably could have become a Premier League player or remained a Premier League player. Um, I still think that his career's probably been one of unrealised potential. Um, and and it, it's hard for me, you know, when he's not being paid, um, it's hard for me to criticise him for wanting to go. Uh, but not if not if it's going to end up costing the club money. I mean, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Um I'd rather cut my nose off to spite my face and, yeah. and, and, and keep him there. And I know that this severance package would probably save us some, some money in the long run. But um, at the minute, we have short-term need for finance. So we, we need to wait for for a deal that's good for us in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Mark Davis, on his day, is probably one of our better players. But um, I think in the kind of financial mess we, start, we find ourselves in now, we're probably better off cashing in if we can. For more than seven hundred and fifty k, ideally, but um, um, but another another player who obviously uh, apparently won't be moving is Zach Clough. Um, Clough's apparently rejected a huge financial offer from Bristol, supposedly. Um, why he'd want to go to Bristol in the first place, I'm not really sure. But um, Matt, what do you reckon? What do you make of uh, Zach Clough staying? Well, I'm pretty chuffed, if I'm honest. I mean, there's sort of a lot of people saying, "Would you rather have Zach Clough or have a club?" And I was thinking, that's just such a serious argument. You know, it's, we could definitely keep him and get rid of some of the high-earners like Davies or if we still had him a fit, Weir. But, I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was just going to be a sideways step. Right now. They've got just as much chance of us in being League One next year as we do. So he may be a bit better off if he'd gone down there. 
I think I heard three times better than what he's on now. So if he's on, you know, 10 grand, call it around there, you know, he'd be on 30 grand, which isn't too bad a week. But like I said, he'll be in League One next year anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Bristol season's been a weird one. I remember, is it earlier this season, they were on, after um, Andre Gray for like 9 million, was it? Yeah. They're always attempting to throw the money around and then all these players keep rejecting them. So, you think they'd set the sights a bit lower, to be honest. But um, Johnny and Tom, either of you displeased about Clough staying, or is it um, is he the one guy we need to keep? Johnny, do you want to go first on this? Because I might wind you all up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Bristol City thing. It would have been a weird move. Like they, they were. It was unexpected for them to come in for him, um, and. I don't think he would have gone. Like you say, what's the point? It's like being a cashier at Tesco and then like you're just doing the same job and they're both shit. No, no disrespect to anybody that is a cashier at Tesco. I'll say, but if you work at Asda, fuck you. Um, but I just, I just don't understand why they came in and I don't know how whoever's putting the money in there must be because they're spending sort of trying to spend all this money on wages and player fees and stuff and I, I just don't get it because they're, they're not very good no. it's not as if like Sheffield, when, Sheffield Wednesday spend a bit of money and they're seeing some of the results but Bristol City aren't so I don't understand I really don't and then Josh Villa and the, the likes of the younger players I think that that's a whole different thing in itself Josh Villa going to Cardiff isn't it well, there's transfer embargoes flying around all over the place yeah, I mean, I think personally, Vela saying is a really good thing. I didn't want him to go, and I, I can't imagine he's on much money, so it would it would seem pretty illogical to let him go if we don't have to. That that is what Terry Robinson came in to do, to my understanding, to keep those younger players who are on yeah. low wages, and if we have to sell them, to command the highest fee possible. Yeah. So it's just he's just not done that. Because Josh Fellow was supposed to leave for 450 grand. <laughs> Considering Liverpool came in, well, reportedly for a million quid two years ago, was it? that I don't understand how you get that valuation worked out. No, I don't get it either. I, I don't understand how he depreciates in value when he's, he's now played more games and he's a first-team regular than when he was just an academy prospect. Mm. But there you go, that's bottom one, just football coming <laughs> and I'm showing exactly. it. All right, Tom, what, um, give us your thoughts on Clough. I'm just I'm just going to play devil's advocate um, because he's for, for me Zach Clough's probably the most exciting, the most special academy graduate we've had since Kevin Nolan. Um, depending on how it goes for him, it, it, it could be um, the best player to come out of our academy in in my lifetime. Um, but I mean, I'm really torn with both of these two because I don't want to see them go. So when I'm hearing that the transfer situations you know, have, have been unsuccessful, then, then I'm, I'm pleased. But particularly Zach, if he's doing this from a, from a position of, of being loyal to the club, um, he, he might be doing us more harm than good. Um, if, if he stays when we're in League One, which I very much doubt, but if he does... Then I'll eat my words, and you know, fair enough to him. For, he's probably done himself no favours, but if he's sticking around when we go down to League One, um, then fair play to him. But if he's rejecting Bristol City now 
out of um, from this you know stance of being loyal to the club and then goes in the summer he's probably done us more harm than good um, and again this is the, the, the threat of administration and unpaid tax bills um, that we need to sort out in three days um, so that's that's my that's my it, my only issue with the situation is that if he's doing it out of loyalty um, he, he might need to to rethink it personally for him Bristol City's a non-starter he needs to be setting the bar higher than that so I'm hoping maybe it's more of a of a selfish greedy perspective that he wants a decent club because he's he's much much better than Bristol City. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he, I think for him to go to Bristol City is just like you've all said a waste of time. Um, I, I imagine he's holding out for a better offer if we get one coming in, um, someone like Middlesbrough or even lower Premier League. I don't think he'd get into their team at the moment, but. If he goes there, then he's more likely to achieve something. So, I, I mean, can see, I can see, but yeah, he could fit in at a club like that, like a club that gets promoted and stays up for a few seasons, like a, a club maybe like West Swansea are now. Mm. Um, he could do all right at a club like Southampton. Um, I think he would do okay at a mid-table Premier League club. Yeah, but then again, look at Chungi. Like we said that about Chungi, he's gone to Palace and he's only started playing recently. Yeah. I think I think that we underestimate the growing gap between Championship and Premier League because yeah. it's massive. I, I think, think to play I think the Premier League, more a Bournemouth or a Watford. Yeah, I think to play in the Premier League, you have to have much more of a physical presence than Clough is. I think he'd get bullied in the Premier League at the moment, but I think his potential would see him towards the middle of the Premier League. But I think it'd be the wrong move at the moment. I think he needs a couple more years and. Mm-hmm. Playing in the championship, getting games under his belt, but um, he's, but he's definitely better than Bristol City. So, I mean, I don't actually see. I don't think it's it's impossible for him to still be with us in League One. I mean, if because yeah, he's had his injury problems, and if he giant the background a bit now because he's injured this year, we might actually get half a season out of him in League One before he sort of starts banging the goals there again and starts getting his hype up again and sort of things like that. So unrealistic that we might see him and keep in mind we made him sign well we didn't make him sign but he signed a new contract Yeah, was it in the summer this year for yeah. like a new four year yeah. contract so the ball's in our court really Yeah, if all the financial stuff gets sorted if <laughs> so uh, yeah I can see a situation where we don't actually have to let him leave in the summer if like a, any club comes in and just offers a, a pitiful amount for him. We don't really have to let him leave because we've got him on that long-term contract again. If we're sound financially by that point, but well, that's a big if, isn't it? But, um, mm. Any other thoughts on players who we should sell or should definitely not sell? Or I mean, what what are the, what are the legalities? I feel, Tom, I feel like you might have some insight on this. Like, what are the legalities around us? Just um, terminating players' contracts. Obviously, there needs to be some sort of severance. But is that is that literally it? If we can provide some sort of severance package, do you think we can terminate players' contracts as and when? Um, well, there's different situations, isn't there? I mean, with, with Meadow, they'd have had to come to an agreement. When it's a mutual consent, they have to come to an agreed package. Mm. But I think it's a lot like being made redundant. You can be offered a voluntary redundancy, or you can 
take it and, and come up with a separate deal. I mean, if it's a severance package, it's going to cost us. If it's the player's desire, then then it can cost us a lot less, if if not nothing. Um, if we, especially if we've breached contract, mm. um, then the player has a lot of power. I mean, if you remember the free for all when when the third was it the second or the third month of Rangers not paying wages, it was a free for all. Yeah, um, yeah, they all turned into mercenaries, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So, Greg Ward. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we he scored at the weekend. He did, Greg. Yeah. He's done well at Plymouth. I've followed Plymouth a fair bit, as you may tell from the accent. I'm from that way. Cornwall, not quite Devon, but yeah, Plymouth doing work good this year. You know, Threlkeld's looking all right, and Wild's been a revelation down there, although it is League Two, so about his level. <laughs> Might be playing for next season. Yeah, we'll be there soon. So Yeah, well, they'll be promoted, I think, so nice. Short That's the way <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, I think. That's probably everything on the transfer side of things. So we'll take a quick break uh, and we'll be back in just a second with a bit of um, an update on TakeOver News. So um, don't go anywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to LovePod 43. Um, I'm still Rob and I'm still joined by uh, Johnny, Matt and Tom. Um, as you may have seen over the weekend, we uh, we had a bit of breaking news um, around our ongoing takeover saga. Um, so the seemingly never-ending Bolton Wanderers takeover saga could we we thought may have been forty-eight hours from completion, but we obviously today's a Sunday, so you can't really expect too much to happen on a Sunday. But Bolton are apparently um, facing a court date tomorrow, in which we could be applying to uh, extend the. Um, the threat of administration until at least the summer. Um, so we don't know too much about what's happening, but we do know that um, the Sports Shield Consortium are in talks to complete a share purchase agreement, um, which would mean that basically they'd finalise all the term con- terms and conditions um, to complete the sale of the, well, the purchase of the company, which is good news, if you believe it. Could be uh, another piece of nonsense if you don't believe it. But... Um, Johnny, I'll come to you on this first. Um, how much do we know, and um, how positive are you about the prospect of us being sold in the next week, let's say? I mean, it's not going to be all... Everyone says, oh, yeah, take over, we'll save, but it's not going to be the case, is it? We're not. I mean, it's good to have a little bit of investment behind us, but they're not. Like, It's not going to be a free-spending investment like it is with some other big big clubs that have had takeovers in the past few years, it's just not not going to be the same. Um, I think I'm happy, obviously, to stave off the threat of administration. We can actually try and focus on not getting relegated, um, like, actually, within our control rather than through administration. But I just think it's just dragged out for so long now and I think most fans are getting really, really sick of it. Um, and. Yeah. You'd be people being told over and over again that it's, we're in a delicate stage of negotiation, blah, blah, blah. Well, how long can these negotiations go on, really? There's only so much that people can talk about and there's only so many parties that can say that they're interested. I think we just need to wrap it up, get it done and stop fannying around because it's just driving me mad. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think this these takeovers have been going on for God knows how long. Um, and we've not really had any proper news from the club about who they're talking to, why things haven't been wrapped up yet, why why they haven't accepted a deal, if they've had a legitimate deal made to them. 
Um, Matt, do you think it's time that fans actually had some solid information from the club, if it's good or bad, to be honest? Definitely. But, I mean, the one thing that possibly gives me hope is that it is in a stage where it can't be talked about. I mean, but then again, we haven't had anything in a long time. I mean, when was Stelios's bid in? I mean, they said that was in from last year, didn't they? Yeah. Like this time last year. So, I mean, if we didn't have an interest from that far back, it's it's kind of ridiculous the amount of communication the club has had on that, especially since all this all stuff has hit the fan. I mean, I remember when um, the Daily Mail first broke the news about us like facing the possibility of administration. I remember everyone was laughing about it, thinking, you know, oh, when will they learn it's all owed to Eddie Davies and all this sort of stuff? You know, it's, it's ridiculous how little we actually knew how deep our club was in the crap, to be honest. Yeah. But um, I'm confident we're going to get Oh, I, I don't know if that's just naivety talking, but I, it just—it seems like there's too many, too much interest and too much at stake, at stake. If we don't get bought to not sell, I can't see Eddie Davies wanting to sour his reputation any more than it has been by sort of just letting the club fall into administration and yeah, good night Irene sort of thing. So I yeah. think I'm confident, but I don't know if that's more just me being stupid. Possibly, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Tom, one of the things that uh, Johnny mentioned there was um, if we did get an extension tomorrow, um, that we may stave off administration until the end of the season. Do you think that's something that could happen? They could wait to wait to see what happens with the club this season in terms of on the pitch activity, whether we get relegated, which we probably are going to, and then kind of reassess things in the summer and maybe that would allow them to put in a cheaper deal for the club. What do you think? Um, I mean... The, the... When you started talking about then, there was an alarm bell going off in my head, and that it was that was Leeds, um, and the way that they tried to avoid administration until they were relegated, and then they mm. went into voluntary administration, and they ended up getting punished twice. Yeah. Um, so they, they had ten points taken off them in the championship, and then when they went down to League One, they had another ten taken off for bending the rules almost. Um, it, I mean. It's, as, as Matt's alluded to, it seems like this this long drawn out affair is is uh, is slowly coming towards a conclusion. Um, so, it, it, if administration is delayed, then hopefully that gives us enough time to get whichever the preferred bidder is to get the deal through. Um, and like you said, hopefully we can avoid it. But Matt, the only warning bell uh, for me is. Uh, if it's a delaying tactic, because we could end up getting punished twice then. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I think, did the same thing that happened to Southampton? I think they went, they got relegated and then they got a double hit the next season. Yeah, they got, so they basically... got 15 point deduction. Yeah. Was that, you know, like um, a bonus five for bad behaviour or something? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I think they basically took a double hit and were essentially already relegated um, the next season. So, I mean, that's what we don't want, is it? I mean, if we get through this season, get relegated, and then get maybe like a I don't know, twenty-four point deduction next season, and we're basically already in League Two. So I just don't, yeah. Like, but surely there's like we've just discussed, just chucked around two names there that are a precedent for this kind of situation. So surely the reason we've got Trevor Birch involved is so that doesn't happen. Yeah, Trevor oh, like, Birch was involved at Leeds. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so why? Why? I mean, if he's been. When I, I mean, I'm a normal human being, and when I make a mistake, I try not to do it again. 
So <laughs> if he's already done it at one football club, why would they go for the same tactic again? And I can just imagine Bert in the boardroom at Bolton with his feet up thinking, ah, they'll fucking never fall for it again. We'll, uh, we'll get past them this time, lads, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know goals. what? I, I have to say about Trevor Birch, um, I've been quite pleased with how the club's dealt with what's been a very difficult situation. I think we had a Portsmouth chairman and a Portsmouth board member, bearing in mind that they're both football fans, you know, they're not um, super rich chairmen that have come over and bought a club. They had nothing but positive things to say about him. Um, and I think Trevor Birch has dealt with it really well. And it's just a shame that we can't say it for uh, for all parties involved. No, I think he's he's not done a, a statement in quite a while and that suggests to me that they are genuinely close. Because when he first came in, he spoke a few times to the fans, didn't he, in release statements and just kind of explain what was going on. But he's not. His last one must have been a good month ago now, off the top of my head. Yeah, and the closer it gets, the harder it is for him to say anything about it. So, yeah, that's probably good news. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess with the court date tomorrow, we can probably expect some kind of news from the club, can't we? But then... Um, yeah, you think so. You would think so, yeah. I mean, we'll just have to keep our eyes peeled tomorrow afternoon. Um, yeah, how long it takes in these sort of things, I don't know, because if they're going to go and ask for an extension, then it might just be yay or nay. Um, and then by tomorrow, we might we might know, because, yeah, so this time tomorrow, we could potentially be 100% in League One. Yeah, we could be. So, with that nice, happy thought, I think we'll bring that <laughs> yeah, segment sorry, to a close. Um, and we we're going to move on in a minute to an even more happy thought, the thought of facing non-league Eastley on Tuesday night. Um, so stay where you are. We'll be right back with you in just two seconds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Love Pod. Um, I'm still Rob, and I'm joined by Johnny, Matt and Tom. Um, so we just had a bit of a chat about TakeOver, and it ended on a pretty depressing note. We're now going to have a... A bit more of a sobering thought for you. Looking ahead to playing Eastley, non-league Eastley, who we drew with one week, drew with one all um, a couple of weeks ago. We're now going to be hosting them at the Macron on Tuesday night. Um, so, boys, what do we reckon? Are we actually going to lose to a, non-le- a non-league team on Tuesday night? Matt, what do you think? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, I kind of, I really don't. I think we will if we play the same old, same old. You know. Dan's Prattley, Medine. I think we've actually got a better shot if we just throw a few of the kids in there. And I know there's the whole thing of, you know, well, they will when they're ready enough. And there is a big step up between playing them in the championship and, say, playing them in the under-21s. But this is Eastley, and they'll be hungry. They'll be fight- They'll know they've got a reasonable chance of getting a place as well. And I think if we just throw the likes of Thomas, Willery, Quay Taylor, Finney in there, we'll actually get a decent performance. And I think we'll probably win. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, yeah, the whole thing with the BBC sort of taking the shine off the actual team selection of it. So I don't know if Lennon said anything yet about what he plans to play because he played full strength last time, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, I'm not sure what he's going to do. To be honest, obviously he's got um, got a few players missing. So the likes of Amos, Wheater, Clough, probably Prince are all going to be out. Um, Tom, I think you're going to the match on Tuesday, aren't you? Um, yes. What are you expecting Lennon to do? Um, I actually, Matt, I disagree quite pretty much with everything you said, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're on a better pitch, a bigger pitch. Um, for me, Darren Prattley, with with his with his energy, is, is the first name on the team sheet. 
Um, Silver and Tom Walker on either wing. Um, for me, like I said, and I, and I feel like I say this every week, uh, more than once, um, the league is done. The league's finished. For me, the Cup's the priority. We've got Eastleigh at home, followed by Leeds. Two winnable games. Um, and then, you know, let's have a, a United away or something like that where we can get a really good away following and actually have something to look forward to. Um, so I'd, I'd play as, as, as close to a full-strength team as we possibly could. Uh, I know some of our better players are going to be missing. Um, you know, I mean, you can make a you can make a case for Woolery either starting or coming on, but I would go for as strong a team as possible. Um, because this is a, a very <laughs> oh Christ, it's easily, and I'm saying it's a winnable game. <laughs> um, yeah, beat easily, beat Leeds, and then and then we've got. Um, you know, possibly a Premier League team or, you know, something to get some money through the door. Yeah. Because for me, the FA Cup's the priority now. I agree, actually, yeah. I think if you think about how much we're selling Vela, we're trying to sell Vela for, if we go and get United away, then we get half their gate receipts, isn't it? So we're looking at probably about the same kind of money, to be honest, I think. So, yeah, why not, why not have a go at the Cup and try and do something with it? Um, Johnny, I think you're also going to the game on Tuesday. What, what would you like to see London do? I think I I agree with Tom in part, but I also agree with Matt. Like the, I think the players that need a rest. Like I've rest Feeney. He's yeah. played every game this season. We don't. I don't personally. I don't think we need him in this game. There are other people that can replace him and do just as good a job out wide, if not better. I think Neil Dans can play in midfield. I'd, I'd rest Aaron Prattley. Um, there's just loads of players that I think need. Just one a full week's rest before a massive, massive game on Saturday, um, and I've, I've been banging this drum for months now. But we need to be beating the teams in and around us, which is why that Huddersfield result after the Blackburn win was so disappointing. I know Huddersfield are on a little bit of a good run of form at the moment, but when we're playing teams in the bottom sort of ten, maybe eight of the table, especially at home, we, we've got to be winning those games. So. Or at least, at least getting something out of them, which is why the game on Saturday is so important. And I think this replay—it's not a distraction; it will come as a welcome distraction for some players um, who I just think deserve a rest. It's as simple as that. They just need to sit and watch in the stands instead, and sort of take their minds off the stresses and strains of actually being on the pitch and carrying all that weight around on their shoulders. True, I agree with all of you in a strange kind of way, but um. <laughs> So I diplomatic think, as a host. Yeah. <laughs> I think Feeney needs a rest. I think playing him on Tuesday night is completely pointless, whether we win or lose. Um, give him a rest. And I'd like to see Walker play. Um, I, I think we mentioned earlier about playing Silver on the right wing. So maybe pop him on the right and Walker on the left. And I'd like to see him go for it and put Woolery up front with um, Medine. So I think what we're missing with Medine is someone him winning the ball and then actually someone getting on the end of it or getting on the second ball. Yeah. Um, and then actually trying to get in behind the defence as well. So, and Casado, he, he there's a case for him to come back as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is the kind of game where I would try him um, on the left hand side of midfield. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see Walker play, but obviously he's been frozen out, so God knows where he is. But um, yeah, I think I think it'd be interesting to see Casado left wing. Cause I think when I've seen him play, I don't really think he's the greatest defensively, but then he does have good cross on him. He's probably the best crosser we have, I think. 
So he's a very, he's a very good player. I'm, I'm disappointed yeah. he's not he's not playing at the moment. But although Mox is Mox is good too, so yeah, it's, it's tough. That's that's the one arguably one of the only areas in the team where we have genuine competition of two decent players. Yeah. God forbid we play right back as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, um, obviously that's on the pitch on Tuesday night. But um, I understand there's a, something happening with supporters' trust, which has apparently raised what is it approaching four thousand uh, members already um, in the last couple of weeks since the uh, it was sworn in with the votes at the, uh, re- the Macron Stadium the other week. Um, Johnny, I know you're involved in what's happening with the trust, so. Something to do with John McGinley and Kevin Davis, I believe. What's going on? Yeah, so just trying to get as many many members as we can. And obviously, me and the guys that are working on it at the moment have recognised that not everybody's on the internet. Not everybody can sign up online. So um, we've asked the um, BWSA, the Bolton Wanderers Supporters Association, of who John McGinley is the chair, to uh, basically come down and help us out. Um, giving out leaflets which have got like the sign up thing on and then they can drop them in buckets they'll be at like the um, kiosks inside the ground as well um, where you buy in a concourse so it's, yeah it's just a bit of a recruitment drive for want of a better phrase and then Kevin Davis and John McGinley will be there as well for sort of an hour and a half um, come down meet them have a chat to them have a picture with them whatever um, yeah and they're, they're having a bit of a competition between the two of them to see who can get the most members signed up so if you're not already signed up, please sign up because it's only a tenner for a year. Um, and we've seen at Portsmouth what they've done. Their trust has 2,300 members and it's been going almost five years. We've been going less than a week and we've got, well, we've been able to take sign-ups for less than a week and we've got approaching double that. Right. So it just shows sort of kind of how many fans want to want to get involved and do something about the club. So. Yeah, the for those that want to get involved, the website is bwfcst.co.uk. Fantastic, sounds good. Um, yeah, I think it's I think tickets for the um, Eastleigh game are ten pound for adults, five pound concessions. Is that right? So yeah, so yeah, if you happen to be in Bolton, that's my excuse. I'm not. Um, get yourself down there and uh, let's fill the macron to quote Twitter recently. <laughs> Fill the lower tiers. Fill the lower yeah. tier of the match. Yeah, fill the lower <laughs> tiers. If you've got a season ticket seat, you won't be able to sit in it. So just yeah, you get what you're given. At yeah. least it'll uh, it'll provide some atmosphere. I've been a, a fan of that idea. Um, yeah, it's good. Rather it's... than having people sparsely, you know, here, there, and everywhere, if, if try and get some sort of atmosphere going. Yeah, I'm taking my my girlfriend. She's been desperate to go to a game because I keep because I do all this stuff, like obviously this podcast stuff, and then now the stuff with the supporters. So she's like. I want to see what you're actually moaning about all the time. Oh, no. So I said, and I'm not. Ta- I'm amazed I, that you've got her to listen. Yeah, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not taking her to a to like a Blackburn game where it's about thirty quid. I've got to pay for a ticket, and she has to come and sit up with me in the in the gods in the uh, east <laughs> east stand upper. So I'll take her to a shit game where hopefully we'll win, and ticket the ticket was only a fiver. So <laughs> true. She might question your sanity though. I think. Um, if, we, mate, if we if we lose. Like, what am I actually going to do? If we lose <laughs> a team five leagues below us, the first game that she's going to come to, she'll be like, well, that was shit. That was a waste of time. I was cold. <laughs> I've, I've taken my missus to two games. The first was Tranmere away. And she said, I am never going to a Bolton match again. And then the second was Brighton at home. And she told me after 45 minutes that her two favourite players were the number seven and number 14. 
And as soon as I realised that was Feeney and Gary Medina, decided that she was never going to talk. So she's got two top goal scorers, though. To be fair, so she's got. Um, yeah, point. going off the stats, I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> she's done her own work. Stato, yeah. Well, after we've beaten Eastley, hopefully, um, we've got a game with MK Dons on Saturday, which Johnny alluded to is um, probably a bit more important. Um, how, how do you think we're going to get on on uh, Saturday, Matt? Draw, probably. You sound like you're ready to You don't even believe in yourself. No, you sound like you're ready to I can't summon anything. Like, I mean, two wins this year. And yeah. like, I, I, I did think about it earlier when I saw like the... You know, Mark Owls does like a vote on what do you think the result's going to be. And I saw the one before Not Even Forest. It was like 34% of people thought that Bolton were going to win. And I just thought like, <laughs> how deluded do you have to be to like keep thinking... <laughs> You know we're gonna win. Oh, this this will be the week. You know we get butt fucked every other week, but this will be the week. You know, like, it's just no. I'm not. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a draw or a loss. I can't see it coming. But I guess if there's anyone we should be beating, it should be MK Dons. I mean, they don't have their key player playing. Obviously, Rob Hall can't play against us. So, Johnny, what do you reckon? How are we going to do against MK Dons? It's it's probably going to be a draw. I'd like to say we're going to win. I'm just looking at MK Dons' results. They they beat Reading. One nil on on Saturday, yeah, and that's a good result. They lost, they got absolutely drubbed by Burnley on uh, Tuesday, five nil. Mm. And see, their their results are like the last ten games. They beat Reading, lost to Burnley, drawn against Leeds, lost to Birmingham, beat Cardiff on Boxing Day, lost to Forest, beat Sheffield Wednesday. So they they've wins for them aren't that few and far between. Um. They'll they'll fancy it as well, knowing exactly what's going on yeah. off the off the pitch for us. But I look at where they are now; they're on twenty six points in twentieth position. We're on seventeen, so they're they're nine points ahead of us. That, that gap is really opening up, and we we have to. I said it said it earlier in the in the other segment. Uh, we we just have to be winning those games against teams in and around us. We we just it's it's a no brainer. We got Rotherham again soon as well. And we've yeah. got to be beating Rotherham. So, I don't know, mate. I'll, I'll say, I'm going to say a nil-nil draw. <laughs> I think we don't beat MK, MK on Saturday with down. But, um, you don't think we're down already? Um, no one's as pessimistic as you, no, Tom. Not, no, we're not all that pessimistic, Tom. So obviously, Tom, you think we're going to lose to MK Dons, I take it. Yeah. Okay. I'm, just going, I'm just going off form, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> We're not that bad at home, are we? I mean, we I know lost one, to... We've been one gamer in every 13. Yeah, that's true. Going off stats. True. So, uh, yeah, I've actually started putting Bolton on my accumulators to lose. <laughs> and, I, and I swore I'd never do that and I'd never back against my team, but it's, it's proving fruitful. Yeah. I think my brother puts uh, £10 on Bolton to lose every week and he's doing pretty well, so... Yeah. But I think we're not we're not usually that bad at home, are we? I know we lost a Huddersfield. Um when when we uh when we played MK Dons away, the first twenty five, thirty minutes we were we were actually very good. Yeah. And Zach Clough was on fire. He picked the ball up on halfway and he just danced through them and I just it, at that point I thought, Do you know what, we we might be alright this year. But then we let we let him into it. Um and then, and then they controlled the game in the second half. We didn't really have anything to talk about in the second half mm. after starting so well. Um, 
and like Johnny said, if you if you if you listen to their results every now and again, every two three games, they pick up a win. Yeah, um, and they, they'll be sound this season. They'll stay up, no worries. Yeah, I think they will too. Um, but I think I think if we give a couple of the lads uh, like Woolery and Walker a game on Tuesday night, and they have a good game, then I'd start them again. So I think personally, I think we're going to beat MK Dons two one. Kane Woolery scoring the uh, the winner. I might be deluded, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> for that in the next segment, I'm giving you the last pick of questions. Oh, thanks. You're going to get what you're given for saying that we're going to win. Cheers, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with <laughs> on that note, we'll move on. Um, so, as Tom alluded to there, we do have the League One quiz coming up next, so uh, don't go anywhere and join us in uh, a couple of seconds. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gents, it's the only thing that gets me excited. It's that time of week, Sunday night. Forget match of the day two. It is the League One quiz. Um, for the first time ever, I think, we have three contestants. Um, as I said, because of Rob's comment that we're going to win at the weekend, uh, he's going to get what he's given, so he's not going to get a choice of questions. Matt, seeing as though you're our uh, David Tom, do you want the first, second or third set of questions? Let's just go simple and go number one, first set. First, Johnny? Um, I will have the third, please. Thanks, mate. That made this, uh, well, just the whole exercise less than more than pointless because if you just said second, then what is the point in doing it? Uh, right, <laughs> you're second, mate. All right, all right, okay. Um, I've had to simplify it again, so rather than asking you when you want your easy, your home, your aways, and your cup final questions, we'll just start with the with the, with the home questions and work our way up. All right. All right, so yeah. Matt, you're going to go first. Um, which League One fixture this weekend um, provided the most goals in a single fixture, which was seven? So which League One fixture this weekend provided seven goals? Oh, it's a bad week not to even look at League One fixtures. Who <laughs> uh, plays in League One? Millwall... Oh, Incorrect. Oh. Incorrect. Uh, lads, no no points for, for jumping in, but do we know the answer? Were Peterborough involved? They weren't. Peterborough let me down on my goals goals this weekend. Peterborough was uh, goalless. Was it? Yeah. I Johnny? know the answer to this. It was Swindon's game against Crew. Yeah, Swindon 4, Crew 3. Uh, Rob, um, question number two. Whose home game was postponed on Saturday? Oh my god! I, I only I only want the home team. There was one game postponed. Um, Carlisle. Incorrect. Yeah. Incorrect. Again, no points for guessing. But anybody know? Um, no. No, they won. No. They won five 0 Blackpool, didn't they? I don't know. Good question, actually. I don't know, Tom. Rochdale. Yeah. Uh, right, Johnny. It's time for yours. Um, which ex-Wanderer found himself back in management in League One this week? Oh, bloody hell. Um... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I should know, but I don't know. You should know. Why? Then again, you're a bit younger than me, but... Why... <laughs> I genuinely couldn't even... Couldn't even fathom a guess, mate. All right, I'm going to put it down as a cross for you. Wow, that, these are the home questions as well. Zero. Oh. Um, 
Matt, Rob, either of you know? Mm. I, I know, I, I can't remember his name. Isn't he Scandinavian Finnish, something like that? No. Very, Nick? very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's not um, Neil Redfern, something like that? No. Uh, you were closer than Finnish. Uh, it was John Sheridan. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I was having an argument with Chris because Chris thinks he's terrible, but I I used to rate John Sheridan. He was alright, Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure his go. grandmother was from Finland. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there we go. There's the home questions, and everyone is on zero points. That's so it's a good start. job I've done a tiebreaker this week. Yeah. Right, Matt. We're back with you. Um, which Bolton-born centre half scored for Blackpool this weekend after two minutes at home to Scunthorpe? Uh, can't think of any bloody, bloody Blackpool players now. Um, only Bolton player I can think of, and I don't know where he is these days. Is it Mark Ellis? Incorrect. Good, oh. good effort, but, mm. but equally incorrect. Lads, either of you know? I don't know. Like, does Danny Livesey still play in League One? Uh, good question. I think he might drop down further than that. Johnny? Tom Aldred. Tom Aldred, he did indeed. Who? Tom Aldred. Bolton Born. He never played for Bolton. Oh, okay. Uh, Yes. Right, Rob. Um, What was the score today between Millwall and Port Vale? Oh, it was 3-0 last time I looked at it. Was it 3-0? Incorrect. Incorrect. Mm. You should have gone for full time. Anyone, lads? 3-1. 3-1. Yeah, 3-1 to Millwall. No. Right, Johnny, the chance to take a storm into the lead with only the cup final cup final questions to go. Um, which team finished their game this weekend with 10 men? The only team to receive a red card this weekend. Oh, God. I'm going to take a really wild guess. I can't know. There's literally 24 teams to choose from here. I don't have a clue. Uh, South End. Incorrect. Uh, Anyone, lads? Not got a clue. Um, no. Peterborough. Oldham Athletic. Oldham. I'm, I'm now seriously doubting the the brains behind the League One quiz after the home and away questions. <laughs> everyone has <laughs> zero. This is this is unheard of. <laughs> when Dan listens back to this, he's going to be rubbing his hands. Yeah. Anyway. Cup final questions. The chance for you to, to make it. Um, Matt, we're back with you. Um, which FA Cup fixture or FA Cup replay fixture uh, is an uh, the only all League One affair? So of the cup of, of the cup replays on Tuesday night, which one is the only all League One affair? This is taking suspicious Yeovil <laughs> are twenty third in League Two. Yeah. Bollocks, yeah, they got relegated, didn't they? Yeah. Do back to back relegations. Yeah. Uh, anybody? No idea. Johnny? Not a clue, mate. Bradford at home to Berry. 
yeah. Bradford at home to Berry. Right, Rob, chance for you to give yourself a good chance of winning here. Um, which team has won less games than any other in League One this season? Ooh. I know Oldham have drawn 11 or 12. So maybe them. Oh, I'm going to go with Oldham. We have a correct answer. Yes! Oh, oh, no, (laughs) Rob storms into a one-nothing-nothing lead (laughs) with one question left. This is a pressure question now. It is. Johnny, name the only team in League One to have a goal difference of zero. Um... I'm going to have to guess again. Uh, G... Port Vale. Correct. <laughs> now, I feel... I feel like... Um, Johnny Johnny knows. Johnny's a, a seasoned quiz pro. And he knows that Port Vale always make it into the quiz. It's a bit like when you play Pointless and Central African Republic's always a good shout on a geography <laughs> round. Yeah, Port yeah. Vale is always worth a shout. Right, Matt, yeah. unfortunately, you have been binned and the tiebreaker comes down to Johnny and Rob. How many goals were scored in this weekend's games, these weekend's fixtures? Um, Rob, I'll take your guess first because you had the second set of questions. Jesus. So um, how many goals in Saturday and Sunday's games? How many teams are there? 24 teams, 11 games, one cancelled. 35. It's nice to see some maths and logic being applied to the quiz. Thank you very much. 35, Johnny? <laughs> um, I think it's just some quite high-scoring games. I'm going to say 56. <laughs> Chaos. Right, so Johnny, you said 56. Rob has gone 35. The amount of goals scored this weekend in League One. And I believe his first League One quiz victory goes to Rob. There were 38 goals. Oh. So just three away. So congratulations, Rob. You are this week's winner. What are you going to do? How are you going to celebrate? Watch the NFL, probably. Crazy. What a a way to celebrate. (laughs) I'm wild. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thanks a lot for your time tonight, guys. Um... Before we leave, where can we all find you online? Matt, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter at Matt underscore was 34. Fantastic. Tom, where can everyone find you? You can find me uh, down the Manny Road. Not physically, <laughs> but by Twitter handle. Just homeless in a box on the Manny Road. Um, Waiting for the heady days of Andy Walker again. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, how about you? Where can we find you? Uh, yeah, find me on Twitter at Johnny Eckersley. I've actually just followed Matt as he as he as he read out his Twitter handle. I typed it in, followed him. I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't follow I'm already. Just started following. <laughs> down the <main> <laughs> <laughs> I encourage you all to go and follow everyone on the pod and um, and follow us on Twitter. We're we're on at Lion of Vienna Stee, and obviously you have followers on Facebook as well. Um, cause we're doing a lot of stuff on Facebook now too. So thanks for listening today and. Um, Hopefully we'll be back next week after victories against Eastleigh and MK Dons. Um, Thanks for listening and join us next week. Good night, everyone.